Hello and welcome to the Cyber for Humans podcast. I'm Daniel, your host. And with me, I have William. And let's get this podcast started. Um, this week, we will be talking about, I guess, why we're here um, and how we're going to really approach uh, this show. We will be talking about a main team in um, this week. Sorry, in every show, we'll be talking around one main team. This week's team really is, let's just explore why we're here. Now, Daniel, that's a very good question. So why exactly are we doing this? Well, I guess it's with cybersecurity, often we find that uh, a lot of advice and guidance and conversations out there right now is focused, very focused on the business very focused on enterprise and very focused on governments, but very few beyond the editorials that you hear from a VPN advert or a password manager advert talk about humans and people and the impact of security on each of them. With more and more corporate policies often pushing down responsibility for a breach to an individual for bad practices. And you see headlines like, oh no, um, intern puts server password on a post-it note. Everyone starts criticizing this intern, but rarely we talk about security from a personal human-centered standpoint. So I guess with you, William, being here, this is, I guess, a really great opportunity for us to just start taking that human-centered lens, people-centered lens, and what does, and start that conversation, I guess, about cybersecurity from that human perspective and the individual's perspective. Yeah, that's quite interesting, um, especially from a UX or user psychology perspective. You know, from from that point of view. Um, because security is a very daunting task for normal users because uh, you have a lot of this large security news with high impact news talking about millions of dollars lost or millions of data being breached with all the scams and everything. So it becomes quite a, a very intimidating intimidating problem to solve uh, first of all and then secondly from re- from user's point of view it's also quite a dense field to actually understand all the different technical uh, technical practices protocols and we're not even talking about being able to comp- competently evaluate the impact of of certain uh, security, personal security breaches and stuff like that. So, and definitely I do agree. Like, I guess one of the things is for most of, for 99.9% of people out there, security is not your job. As controversial as that sounds to a lot of security professionals, (laughs) security is not your job. It is not your responsibility to understand all the ins and outs. But at the same time, on the flip side, 
good housekeeping and responsibility, personal responsibility for your safety. If you, you know, jaywalk while across a four-lane highway, um, well, that's that's quite dumb, right? And and that's a danger to your own safety. And I guess we we have that from a physical safety perspective. But what does that kind of like look like then uh, for cybersecurity? What does that sensible safety levels, right? Basic security. Like, for example, you lock your doors at night. When you go to sleep, you lock your front doors. Unless you live in a really privileged place where you have guards and all that. Completely different story, but for most of us, we lock our doors when we go to sleep, just so that you don't get mugged. I guess that's where a good exploration would be for cybersecurity. What do you think? Yeah, you're speaking about the habitual uh, practices, and definitely that's something to to aim for. But broadly speaking users like you said it's not their job and they are preoccupied with many other things and oftentimes they only touch or they only hear security or problems with security in a very sort of negative manner uh, it's something they have to do or there are consequences you know it is like it's always it always comes with a a stick right so when you hear security so, oh this is something I need to do otherwise I'm screwed uh, or my company is screwed so there is that bit of a, a stigma to that so uh, I mean I've had conversations with users where they tune out these sort of things you know if they and this is not one of the issues as well if you have too many news um, or even company memos that keeps blasting on about okay this is there are phishing emails going around, there are scams that protect your passwords. Eventually they're just going to tune them out. Um, especially after you know two or three weeks and there are no direct personal impacts. And it's just gonna reduce in terms of priority because they, they have their own actual work to do. So how then do we approach something like that? Because if let's just say yeah, like as a society, we have accepted that if you go out to eat, you, you do takeaway food. You expect that you won't get food poisoning from most places. Um, I guess in yeah, in most places, that's just the assumption that you won't get food poisoning. I think that's fair. Um, how do we then approach something like that for security in cyberspace, right? where where you can have certain confidence like personal confidence or steps to take for example using back the food analogy right if i see that place uh, you know looks shabby uh unhygienic so on and so forth probably give it a miss <laughs> i mean I, I, well some of the best foods around yeah besides that um like Simple like things like that, right? You give that a miss. What can we do then from a human 
that you know shifts that culture and that mindset but one of the one one of the very important aspect to consider is convenience versus exposure um so if the user wants to accomplish something with a certain website you know if if the convenience the factor of convenience and value is so high that that the user just ignores the rest of you know um like you said if it's if a roadside food stall is dirty but it's really delicious they might still go for it the risk and rewards are it's a bit skewed in the cyber world cyber security world because it's not that tangible is not direct so if if there are cockroaches are everywhere in a store you probably would not go there even if it's the best food in the world but with security the impact of having someone keylock your computer would probably only hit you later on with ransoms and certain scams so directly you know there's all this um all this phishing websites and stuff like that they may not be as obvious to to people and i guess the the current way of education is the main thrust of education nowadays is mostly awareness right you you know you, you probably know about a few more than a few campaigns that deals with this trying to get people more aware um, and you know do, do you have any examples perhaps i mean although like we we just had Aus- the australian privacy week um two weeks ago uh did you know that that was happening well me when you told me <laughs> exactly right so for most people like even our government like the government of australia um it, it it does try in its campaigns to go like be aware of scams and safety and all of that but what what can i actually do and i think that's where we need to start looking and, and change that conversation because a lot of guidance and, and that's why i think it's super important for us to have this conversation of how rather than yes it's a problem right we we know it's a problem um but how because if you go out online and my conversations with uh parents and family and friends like somebody comes to me it's like hey i've been hacked what how what do you or okay this internet thing i've heard that, that, that there is a hack or a data breach how does that actually impact me most of the impact con- uh, it, it's a lot of the discussions around the impact is very focused on just the organization because they have a compliance requirement there's a legislative control there where oh your data has been breached you shall be fined because you breached gdpr it's like okay but that's all corporates that's a compliance risk but a lot of people forget that identity theft is very real 
I've had a friend recently who had to recover the identity from somebody who basically from an identity theft situation using um, after being breached. Uh, this person's uh, bank account got taken over. Um, various things was taken in this person's name and um, they had to recover. And that was not fun at all. So, but if you want to talk about what you can do to prevent about prevent that, I find that there is no technical there's nothing specific beyond user power suite manager and user vpn that has been part of the conversation out there like you turn on youtube today it's like the first adverts you most of the adverts are around whatever random stuff but a lot of that security related conversation is about have an antivirus use a vpn and use a password manager. I think those are great, like making sure that you use a VPN in the untrusted Wi-Fi. That's a great advice. Using a password manager so you rotate your passwords. That's fine and that's great. But yeah, but the whole concept of VPN itself is not very user friendly to to anybody that's not entirely tech literate. So I mean. Try to explain the whole concept of VPN to someone who has absolutely no idea what it is. Oh, well, you, you know, uh, buy Inset VPN here and you can uh, watch Netflix <laughs> from a different country. Right, but how does that protect yeah. them from attacks in, in security? So, like you said, you know, the, the whole concept, concept of, of bringing awareness to be uh, for people to be vigilant is i guess there's some merit in that uh, obviously otherwise the government wouldn't be spending that much money uh, doing it however it's also about effort right so in ux um, we have this term called friction where if it's too much if the, if the user wants to do something but if it's too much friction compared to what they want to accomplish they would just turn it off or, or just you know uh, change the channel so to speak so with security, how easy it is to set up a VPN. Um, obviously, the, the password managers are re fairly easy to, to install and, and set up. So that's pretty good. But once again, it's, you know, the, the, in terms of awareness, uh, one of the things as well is, is the whole technical mountain that they have to climb. Right, so we're not. I'm not saying that security should be dumbed down entirely, um, the, all the way to press this button and you'll be fine. Because a lot of the attacks, all the vectors, as you know, are via social engineering, right? Clicking on things you're not supposed to click. So antivirus may not protect against that. Um, uh, so I think it's 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 a quite a hard. Uh, puzzle to crack this one. So improved tooling, right? I guess. So does that mean that I, we will probably need legislation Is, <laughs> to get companies to do better for us? Or is there, I guess, 
maybe I mean, humans will always take the easiest way out, right? Yes, we we yes. know that from UX. Um, that's why people jaywalk. I jaywalk. Yeah. <laughs> it's safer to cross at the crossing, but heck. Um, how, how do we then? Well, well legislation is probably the, the last massive <laughs> whip that we have. Uh, to, to get the companies to do stuff. But I think... What can individuals do? Like, yeah. what, what can our parents do, right? What... Just... Just rough uh, security literacy, suppose. Uh, I, I don't know the answer, to be honest. But... Things like trust. Right, so whole concept of trust, like for example, in AI, in explainable AI, you know, it's a, the most of the conversations are surrounding trust. Um, how much do you accept what the computer is telling you to be true? And that really differs depending on your prior experience with technology. So, uh, for example, my parents, you know, they have WhatsApp. Uh, they belong to WhatsApp groups that has mostly 60 or 70 year olds and they just they just uh, forward anything they see forward anything they receive and you know he sometimes sends some stuff to me and asks me is this true and most of the time it's a phishing message so really I guess a couple of things just dissecting that so I guess first we'll need to establish and bring the realization, I guess, that cyber is real life. Cyber is now real. Real life As uh, impacts. There's going to be real life impacts yeah. because it's so interconnected, our world now. Um, and that we need to start critically thinking uh, about the information that is passed to us, that it's no longer just the boundaries of our village, the trusted hypothetical village, the, the perceived village that we used to be part of, where you knew everyone, everyone was your extended family. Um, where now with the internet, you could literally be talking to somebody across the globe, uh, as we learned the hard way in 2020. But yeah, and then the value of privacy and the value of your identity as that becomes your anchor point for who you are and your trust and how you know we identify that via critical thinking well see critical thinking is also work isn't it uh, it's to be you know for security to be really easy to to uh, to understand and develop it should be seamless you know you don't really need to spend conscious effort for it ideally obviously that's not gonna that's yeah the, but yeah. security like should security really be a separate thing from like just good self-preservation like being not like just being things that you be aware of not to jaywalk and get hit by a car yeah i mean there's obviously an argument to be made where if you are using the internet you should know this stuff 
right if you're using the internet to survive to live like we do nowadays everything's online this should be basic you know basic knowledge um it's like a baseline thing that you should start with not be and it's not just an ancillary annoyance like what cybersecurity is now obviously that would be fantastic if everybody has this uh fundamental street smarts cyber street smarts yeah 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 so and perhaps the you know the generations like the uh, zoomers nowadays millennials they may be equipped with this because they they grew up with internet um uh, but then the you know the boomers generation x some of them may not think that it's that important until they get scammed um Again, it is mostly an understanding of what can I do, what is the impact if I don't do certain tasks, or you know, don't be aware, um, and how does all that large scale data breaches actually impact me? Like for example, you know, you go and check if your emails um, have been exposed, right? Your emails and, and passwords been exposed, and, and then you want to, you might want to change them um but that is still work how often should i do that should i do that every time there's a data breach or should i do that every week should i check every month so it, it's really a reactionary sort of thing uh, nowadays at least right it's not really something that's and it's also quite a high pressure and and, and stressful thing to be on your mind mm-hmm. all the time I mean, so just thinking, does does this mean that we need a finishing class for before you get your internet license? <laughs> like go for internet classes and then you get licensed to use the internet. Well, that, no, that would never fly. <laughs> like, like, like driving, right? Like you want to drive? Uh, take some lessons so you don't crash and kill yourself and people around you. Well, internet insurance. Well, <laughs> right. Well, that's yeah. Well, that wouldn't fly because um, we use the internet for so many different things, right? So, like, com- basic communications to um, interacting with with the community, purchasing stuff. I mean, back in the day, like before formal license were introduced, like a lot of the safety requirements for driving weren't in place for many years from the time, you know, cars were invented. I mean, you could, you, you could drive like, you know, a cart with a horse, a horse-drawn cart, but... Well, well, that is... That the insurance really comes into play when you have the danger or of causing liability to others, right? So you want to insure against not insurance but license. Well, like yeah, crashing to someone, killing people with a car, like. Uh, but using the internet, unless you are, you know what you're doing. Most of the time, if you screw up, it's mostly your your own to your own detriment not to uh, well of course if you're a ceo of a company you know in charge of like, 300 jobs and you screw up obviously that's gonna have a huge impact uh, but by and large 
or the common people if you lose your you know if your password gets exposed you probably would your your information will probably be sold like 10 times over around the world um, however it wouldn't really endanger any other people other than yourself yeah but you know your communications with friends uh things like that that are that could potentially take be taken out of context could also you know damage other people um right private information that you've exchanged like maybe say you know um a certain disease that you are working through and that you shared in confidence with a friend uh, that being exposed your medical history now that being public being collected by various insurance agencies or data collectors and using that to target you and your family um, or your friend's family that 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 has some um, externalized impact a third-party impact as well it's not just your own information unfortunately <laughs> because yeah, I agree. unless okay. you don't you know interact with anyone else or any other organization and you hold no you, you keep no records of any communication which let's be honest how many of how many people delete the text messages on your phone <laughs> right well, that's that's work as well exactly uh, right so that's what i mean by nobody does and so how do we then um you know look at that from uh, like well i think regardless you know the the whole idea uh of our internet license is pretty academic at this point because no no politician would yeah of course do anything it's about just it. an interesting conversation point but yeah. you know i guess that's where we go back to and the, the the axiom right where your parents go like hey he, you learn how to be an adult how do you adult and do good housekeeping basically where you start okay make sure you wash your dirty clothes put them in the washing machine make sure you eat <laughs> you know clean up the floors lock your door uh, don't walk down the dark alleyway. You know that that life lessons, right? What what are they? I guess how do we approach that? Um, how do we teach people to be a bit more resilient? And I guess maybe maybe this should really be part of um, your growing up kind of like your school studies, I guess. Yeah, it's part of a maybe part of learning manners as well. Yeah, um, like habits, yeah. good habits on internet. Um, but I'm not sure how that is going to solve any problems now. Uh, it's probably generational. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. Definitely agree that 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 does seem you know going to school and all that, that seems generational, but whether could that could something like that work as a a you know various means of education and awareness right like as you learn as you go about your day and learn how to interact with something new right adopt new technologies how do we then communicate that with um users and listeners right how do we what do we learn from that what are the lessons we need to learn 
to help take that in a user-friendly, individual-friendly approach. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the pressure is either on, on um, developing that, that good hygiene, good culture, um, or is the pressure on, on companies delivering a service, security services that are more user-friendly? I guess we'll talk about that. Yeah, I guess that's 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 what we'll have to explore in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of podcasts. Right. Yeah. Thank you, William. No worries. Cheers. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>